Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine, here. So if you don't know me yet, my name is Catherine. I am a LCSW based out of California, and I started the Social Workers Rise podcast because I was about to quit social work. There is a lot of toxic narratives that still continue to this day, and this was three years ago that I started the podcast. So while I know that this is not something that's happening overnight, I am encouraged because I do see changes happening to the narratives, the ones that particularly irk me and that I want to see die are one, we should expect to be burnt out as social workers. I think that is some BS that is wrong. Social workers are some of the most amazing and genuine people that I know. And to turn around and tell them, oh, you should just be miserable. I know you want to help people. I know you spent thousands and thousands of dollars on your degree and thousands of hours in school and getting your licensure, but you did it all to be burnt out. No, I am not okay with that. And the second thing that I am not okay with is us telling social workers that you need to expect to be broke in this field. While yes, there are some jobs that are not gonna pay you very well, and they're going to be very easy to find right out of school when you're brand new to your degree. And that is unfortunately very common for a lot of industries and professions. Um, Just, you gotta put in some work, a little bit of work, not too much, right? (laughs) Because you don't wanna stay there forever thinking, oh, this is just it. And then eight years later, you're still there. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that when you get these jobs, make sure that you are being strategic and that you know where you're going. And if it is a toxic place, make sure you know why you're there, why you stay. And if it's no longer serving you, then feel confident enough to be like, peace out. I need to be in a different place for my own mental wellness so that I can be the best person that I need to be. So that is my little spiel about why I started this podcast. And I love talking to people like today's guest, Michaela, because she is also on board with this and she is also reaching out and extending a hand to social workers. So before I tell you about Michaela, I want to mention a couple things. One, I took a break for about four weeks from the podcast, and I do this every so often. It's turned out to be about every 12 weeks that I like to take a break, just kind of relax and de-stress and refocus back onto the podcast and really figure out what is it that you need to hear? What's going to be valuable to you? because that's what I'm here for. I'm not here for me because I know this stuff, right? Or I could just have private conversations with these people and learn from them in the privacy of my Zoom room. But 
I want to make sure that I am sharing this information with you. I am not about the gatekeeping of information that this industry has done for so freaking long. I believe that we should have this information and we need to share it, especially information as valuable as these episodes that are going to help you in your career. They're going to truly make a difference. I've had people tell me that after listening to the podcast episodes that they've applied for new jobs, they've had the courage to talk, quit, quit their toxic workplace, that they uh, went on a, a break because they felt like they were burning out, that they had the courage to stand up for themselves, that they had the courage to go on that interview and land the job. From listening to the episodes, they felt more prepared for what they were getting into. So if that is true for you, I am so, so happy. I am so glad that you're listening today. If you feel inclined to support the podcast, then there's a couple ways to do this. One is there should be a link in the show notes that says, support this podcast. And it'll prompt you to donate to the podcast on a monthly basis. This can be anywhere from $10 a month, $5 a month, $1 a month. So if you've gotten any kind of value from the podcast, I would greatly appreciate that. If you are not about donating financially, then definitely donate via social media. And what I mean by that is there is real value in sharing these posts and telling other people about this information and just sharing what you love about the podcast. Why do you even listen? Why do you tune in to me every single week? And just sharing that, that costs you zero money. In return, I would like to add you to my email list and be able to send you some social work tips, tools, and resources that I'm hopeful that will be able to help you throughout your career. Uh, lastly, before we get into who Michaela is, is if you are a clinical supervisor of social workers and you are looking to expand your services and and help more supervisees, then I highly encourage you to join the RISE directory. If you are in need of a clinical supervisor for social workers, definitely check out the RISE directory. You can browse for free. Uh, it's risedirectory.com and you can see who might be available in your state for clinical supervision. So all of that out of the way, I'm gonna to introduce to you Michaela Conte. She is an ASW and is currently a child welfare social work supervisor and university adjunct professor. She has worked in the child welfare area for many years. And in June of 2021, Michaela wrote and published her book entitled How to Survive as a Child Welfare Social Worker. Her motivation for writing this book is to have a resource available to you if you are a child welfare social worker or if you're a social worker who's even considering entering the field of child welfare. When Michaela is not working, she loves spending time with her husband and her adorable daughters. She loves traveling, exercising, and just enjoying life, having fun. Isn't that what it's about? Awesome. Let's jump right into this interview. 
Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. We are talking about CPS and how to stay well in CPS. And today our guest is Michaela. Welcome to the podcast, Hi, Michaela. Hi, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do? So my name is Michaela, and I'm a child welfare so social worker. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Um, I've been in the field for child in child welfare for about eight years now. I am now a child welfare social work supervisor. Um, I've been supervising for about couple of months. I started in November, so not too long ago. Um, I'm also the, a published author of the book, How to Survive as a Child Welfare Social Worker. Um, I am also adjunct pro, professor at Cal State East Bay. Um, and right now I am going for my clinical social work um, license. You are a busy, busy woman. <laughs> awesome. And congratulations on the promotion. Thank you. <laughs> so today I wanted to talk about your role as a CPS worker because we have a lot of social workers where that's where they start yeah. out. They do their internships there and, and they get their job there. So can you tell us about when you were in this role, you know, what did what did you do and, and what was a typical day like for you? So I have worked in various areas in this field. Um, my recent role before becoming a supervisor, I was in dependency investigation. Um, some some county called called sick courts, but basically we're the social workers that um, have the first encounter with the fam families in courts, meaning that we're the ones that prepare the first reports for courts. So after an investigation has done and there are enough allegations of abuse and neg neglect, a dependency investigation so social worker take over the case. So my day could look like where I'm going to court. Um, I'm doing home visits. I am talking to therapists. I'm talking, I am going to schools. I'm going to CFT, which is the child and family team meetings. Um, so it just involves everything. We are the ones that make sure that the fam family get through the court's hearing in the big beginning and we also create a case plan for them meaning like what services is the agency going to put in this in place for the parents to meet their goals thank you so it sounds like you are doing a lot of different work within the system within the court systems and with the families within the community and too. Okay, and yeah. community, thank you. Yeah, and a lot of power there. A lot of power and, you know, really important work that you're doing because you are literally changing lives. Um, and it can be for the better or the yes, worse. Yes, we are right? the ones that get it in the beginning where the pig and so frustrated. They're angry. They don't understand why this is going on. So you really have to have a good communication skill in order to talk to these parents and make them to understand. And also you're dealing with caregivers too. 
and um, relatives who were upset um, that a child was removed from their family and all that stuff. So you have a different, so many people that you're coming encounter with. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine a lot of like toxic environments where people, because people are not happy yeah, to see you. Definitely. Right? You, you do not. You do not represent the best of social, like the best. Um... Nobody yeah, wants to see nobody you. Wants we'll put it that I way. Mean, nobody I, I wouldn't want to see a CPS worker at my door either, you know? So that's why it's always right. good to be be transparent in the beginning uh, about what's going on. And also just to be very understanding and don't feel like you know you were there to tell them what to do or how to do their job they, how to live their life but basically you mm -hmm. were there to provide support to them okay yeah that's a good way of looking at it and also too i imagine to remind yourself that they're not angry at you per mm -hmm. se they're angry at the situation that you are just a representation of exactly the yeah. So that that can be really hard. And I imagine there would be a sense of disillusionment for a lot of social workers because we go into this field to mm -hmm. help people. Overall, we, we want to help people. We want to, you know, be the change that we wish to see in the world. And then if we're in this position, I imagine it could feel almost like a slap in the face because you're there to help people and you know that you have the best of intentions mm -hmm. and they are not receptive to this. So how do you deal with that? Um, you know, just being transparent again, like I said, and also understanding that, you know, I normally tell, especially upcoming so social workers that I encounter, I tell them that, unfortunately, this field will not seem like you're helping. It seems like you're creating more harm and more trauma. Um, so for me, what I do is I try to understand. I try to put them myself in their position. Um, I try to have that conversation with them to tell them that, yeah, I understand. I know what happened. This is not the best. You are upset. You're mad. But we are here now. What can we do? So I just ask them to tell me what, how can I help them? Not me telling them what they need to do, but let them tell me how I can help them. Because at the end of the day, this is their life. Whether we are in their life or not, they're just going to, they are going to do what they want to do. But we are here. The agency is in involved. So what's the next step? How can I support you? How, how can I guide you? How can I, what services I can put in place in order for your child to, to be returned back to your care? Because that's the end goal, either for a child to, to be returned or for us not to be in your life anymore. So what is it that you need from us to make this situation better? You're upset, but what can we do now? Um, so just like having that conversation over and over with them again, and also not just having the con conversation, also do, doing the work, doing the research. So if a parent, so if a parent is asking you to do something, actually 
helping them to do it and not just saying, okay, well, it's going to get done and don't do it. So that follow through is very important. And it's very important when you're building relationship with the families that you're working with, because nobody wants to feel like you are not doing what you were supposed to do when you say you are going to do it. So I think that having, you know, just being there, making sure you fall, 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 follow through, um, those are very important. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now, bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an introduction to suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Great. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, is really being prepared to validate their emotions that we know that we don't want to be in your life, right? We know that we don't, you don't want us here. So how can we work together so that we can be Mm -hmm. gone? Exactly. Right. And then also, and also, you know, doing the work and following up on what it is that you say that you're Mm going to do, and that's going to help to build that relationship and the trust with the families and essentially just working with a sense of integrity, right? Doing what you say that you're going to do, which is one of our core ethics. So yeah, very important. Thank you. And, and you literally wrote the book (laughs) on how to be well. (laughs) Like how to be well as a as a social worker. Uh, what is it called, and and how how do we stay well? What are some tips that you have for us? So my book is called How to Survive as a Child Welfare So Social Worker, and in the book, um, there's a chapter I provided ten tips on how you can survive in this field, and these are things that I have used myself. For example, I make sure that I take care of myself by taking my vacation time. And even when I am in the office, I try to feel, I try to do what is it that I need to do right now to take care of myself. So, for example, if I had a very difficult day at court, after court, how am I going to take care of myself before going back to work? Meaning I may go out to lunch, I may take a walk, I may go home and refresh myself. But what is it that I'm doing to take care of myself after a difficult time at court? Um, 
also leaning on your support system i work to outside of work i tell i say this all the time if you come into this field and you're the type of person that just like to be by themselves you just want to concentrate on your work unfortunately this field may not be for you because you are going to have those days where it's like you're going to need somebody to lean on for advice to guide you so definitely surround yourself with good support system. And I'm not talking about somebody you, you guys going to gossip and things like that. It's about providing supports to each other. Um, and then another thing is for me, I just don't do this job. I do all, 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 I do all the things. And that has helped me because when I started, it took me five years to realize that I just don't need to do child welfare. There are other things in social work that I need that I can do either within the agency or outside of the agency. And that is exactly what I have been doing. And I've noticed that has helped me with my burnout, how I think about child welfare, um, how I, you know, there are different social work that I can do instead of just child well welfare. And I'm also gaining experience because you just don't want to put your eggs in all one basket. You never know what will happen, you know. So just branching yourself out really will help you out. So realize that, oh, there are other things that I can put my mind to instead of just thinking about this job all the time. Um so those are the things that I've done. And also I love to travel. So I travel a lot, spend time with my fam, fam, families and friends. So those are the, um, definitely tips. And also don't feel like you have to do everything in one day. That's part of the burnout where people feel like, oh, I have to do this, 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 and that. I have to answer to that person. Space, space yourself out. For me, when I was in the front end, I literally would have days, I'm like, okay, well, today, I think I'm only going to do two things on my to-do list. And after that, I'm just going to, you know, probably clean up my area. I used to clean up my area all the time, and that helps me out. So try to space yourself out, make your to-do list, and don't you don't necessarily have to complete everything in one day. Um, do little, little by little. I always tell people, if a child is not dying, it's not important, <laughs> you know, just so just always have that as a reminder to be able to take care of yourself and advocate. You have to advocate for yourself because if not, it's going to create a big burnout. You need to advocate, let your supervisor knows your needs and your wants, and you have to set those boundaries because if you don't set those boundaries, another way to create burnout in this field. That's great. You dropped so many gems in, I don't know, like two minutes. I'm over here taking notes. So so what I heard is, one, get yourself a community. We cannot do this work alone. We're not meant to do this work yeah. alone. Uh, ex explore your options and be open to other roles as a social worker. And I say on the podcast all the time, we are never stuck. You have some amazing transferable yes. skills with this? I mean, with, with CPS, what would you say are some, just off the top of your head, some transferable skills that you have as a CPS? Um, worker? Transferable skills where it's like you can do assessments. You can see what agencies are doing assessments. You can do trainings, which that's another route that I'm looking into doing. So soon I will be doing trainings. 
Um, you can even do mental health serve, 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 serve services. You don't have to be licensed. You can work under somebody licensed. You can work at non-profit. Um, you can work at school. So there's so many. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So many options. Get creative. Don't be scared to try things, right? Um, you can also be an yes. author. Or a podcaster. You can do author, you can do podcasts, you can do Instagram live now. Um, there's so mm-hmm. many options out there. And I sometimes I'm like, I want social workers to explore more instead of saying, Oh, I don't want to be a child welfare worker anymore, and just explore more whilst you're working in the field. I have a co-worker who I was just talking to another worker who said a co-worker is going to a budgeting class because she wants to learn more about budgets and more provide more areas in finance. So that's something else that she's doing to elevate herself while she's been a child welfare social worker. Yes, I love that. And financial social work is a thing. I mean, there's a whole certificate yeah. on that, but that's a, we did a podcast on that in the past. You can look for it. <laughs> uh, so some other things that you said, uh, self-care, definitely take care of yourself on a regular basis, on a yeah. daily basis. Uh, pace yourself. Be, and I totally agree with this because there is always going to be somebody who needs your help. There's always going to be more mm-hmm. to do. But like you said, it doesn't have to be done today. So pace yourself. Another one was advocate for yourself. Make sure that you're not being taken advantage of and have those strong boundaries in place so that you don't get burnt out, so that you do stay well as a social worker. And with all of these, I just think of how how these are skills that we have to learn as professional social workers. Like we don't come out of grad school knowing this stuff. Not at all. It's not even taught in grad school the, the and that I wish you know as time goes on that's one thing I wish grad schools schools and you university will change will change how the social work program is designed because there's so much more now than learning about Ericsson, um, learning about, you know, theories that we learned about at school. There's so much more now that is in social work that needs to be integrated into the program. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, I love these tips. Um, So if you're listening, I definitely encourage you to check out her book. I'm on Amazon and I know that you have other vendors too that you can purchase the book on. It's called I'm going to How to Survive as a Child Welfare Social Worker by Michaela Ta- Ta- Con- Conte. Conte. It's okay. Conte. Conte. <laughs> Thank you. But the reviews they're amazing. You have so many great reviews. Let me see. Perfect for any social worker, great for social work students, interns and new social workers. This book gives a summary of the ins and outs of the life as a case of a case child welfare worker, um, breaks down, you know, all sorts of different things. It was detailed and helpful, great overview of the child welfare system. So there's so many great reviews on here. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, where can people find you? Where do they, where do they snag your book at? So people can find me. I'm on Instagram, um, as child welfare, social worker, and I'm always responding to DMs. If anybody has any questions about child welfare or even social work in general, I normally will respond. Um, and then 
also i have a linkedin which is on the my name so if anybody wants to connect with me on there um so yeah that's where they can find me oh Great. and then my book and is I on so, oh sorry my book is on amazon um target burns and nobles Okay, awesome. And you can find the book link in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Michaela. I really appreciate Thank you, being you Catherine. Here. I appreciate you too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials for the future therapist and the Pulse Basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.